Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Eric Fisher. My co-host is Kim Reynolds, and this is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We cover the social media news that broke in the last few days. On today's show, we're going to explore Facebook rolling out Watch Party to all Facebook groups. Twitter's new ads playbook and more breaking social media marketing news of the week. If you are joining us live, which we would love for you to do, those of you who are listening as a podcast, you can join us live. But if you're joining us live, we'd love for you to ask your questions on Facebook, on Periscope, on YouTube and wherever else you happen to be watching it, especially in Crowdcast right here in the home base of the show. We would love to incorporate your questions into the show. And with that, let's get rolling. There were a lot of small to medium-ish size announcements out of the Facebook camp this week. Facebook Watch Party is now rolling out to all groups. So we probably should clarify what Watch Party is to begin with so that people know what the heck this thing is and then get into the fact that now it's there for all groups. So. Watch party. Have you seen a watch party before? Um, I haven't. I haven't, but I know what they are and I've seen enough screenshots where. Okay. (laughs) See, I've only, yeah, same here. I've only lived a watch party through screenshots. And what this is, is basically it is a new video experience that Facebook began rolling out way back in January, uh, testing it inside of groups. And what it does is it allows group admins and moderators that are called co-hosts to select any public video that is on Facebook, that it's live or recorded and share it with a member of share it with other members of the group. Now, you might not think, well, what's you know, what's so different about that? Why is that special? Well, what it means is, is that group members can all watch it at the same time and the same place and add their commentary. So it, what what's really cool about this is it's a way to really heavily and uh, interactionally engage with that content and each other as you're watching it, which really goes back to what they started the year off with Facebook wise, when they started talking about this whole, we want your time spent on Facebook to be quality time, right? So what, you know, what, what's one of the things we all love to do is just watch things together, movies, TV, yeah. et cetera. So it's almost like having a little movie theater inside of your Facebook group, right? Yeah. Pretty cool. That's true. That's true. I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's absolutely right. <laughs> So now is this can you clarify ahead. this is for groups only? It is for right groups now? only. There is however something that we will be talking about in the next little piece or next little update. Uh well, let me say this. They're testing support for pages, but it's not quite ready, they say. Okay. Okay, so, that's what I was wondering about. Yes. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't this be great to have on your page? But again, 
There yeah. is kind of a way to do this on a page, but there's maybe some stipulations you'd want to think about. So we'll jump to that in a second. But ideally, you need to remember that, again, it needs to be a, a public video and it needs to be hosted on Facebook. So that kind of limits it. But at the same time, like it makes sense as to why those limits are there. One, they want to make sure that it works. Uh, and make sure that it's going to work because the video is hosted on Facebook. But two, come on, it's Facebook. Why are they going to let a YouTube video or a Twitter video for competition's sake show up and play inside of a Facebook group like that? Right. So. Right. Anyway. So just just to summarize this, this is essentially the same interaction as a Facebook live, but within a group. Correct. Mm hmm. OK. Yeah. That is actually the easiest way to think about it is you can. Essentially, it's like watching a Facebook Live, but it doesn't have to be live. It can be, right. but it doesn't have to be. Does that make sense? Yes, so. that makes perfect sense. Yeah, we and had a lot I of people ask noticed, that. Yeah, so you can see, uh, you can you do the little emojis and give them props or whatever. Props yeah. back from the Blab days. Yeah, and I mean, and again, it's it's it is literally like watching a Facebook Live. You've got on the bottom tray there. You've got all the little bubbles of who's there. It'll show you like, oh, so-and-so so, so is here, is watching with you and all that kind of stuff. And so, I mean, th again, there's there's a lot of possibilities here. Marketers really need to open their minds when it comes to this option because, and we've heard from some of you already that have this and have tried this and used this in your groups. You've right. taken a piece of a curriculum as like a sample of some sort and then played it and then watched it with your group and moderated yeah. it and everything. So. It's very cool. Um, <laughs> uh, there's something else here. There's there's some other pieces that they've added uh, to this since the test. So back in the day, mm -hmm. there was the test. Now they've added a few more features to this, by the way, which meet, which are the fact that um, viewers can suggest videos to watch together. So that's it. Doesn't mean that you can instigate or or start a post with one, um, right? But also that you can have multiple co-hosts. So that means you can add videos to a queue. And by the way, a queue then means, hey, you could have a watch party that's, again, not just one video, but a number of videos strung together in a playlist inside of a watch party. So, you know, it's like, again, like I said, well, one of the things we love to do is sit down and watch things together. Well, this is like the, quote, Netflix binging of Facebook videos inside of a Facebook group with that with that playlist it's a pretty cool yeah. it's pretty cool it is so it is so that I'll be, is, I'll be excited when they move it to pages yes so let's get to that because there's a little bit of a caveat here a while ago uh switching over they uh facebook announced back in april that they were testing something called premieres and it was a new video format for pages that was going to enable creators and publishers to post pre-recorded video as a live video to the newsfeed. And it would have real-time chat and reactions. And so we, uh, you know, cur courtesy Jeff C, uh, was looking at Facebook. And he found uh, that we, as Social Media Examiner, had it. This is not a screenshot from our page. It's a screenshot from a different page. But you can see right here, there's a premiere button. And you hover over it and it says, schedule and release new videos and episodes 
episodes as live events. So let me give a little context to this. We used to do something at Social Media Examiner called the uh, podcast replay. And we would put a, a kind of a, a, a moving background and then the audio of the uh, podcast that we do every Friday's podcast. And we'd then be there and be ready to like interact with people as they were listening to it. That's not necessary. See, that was like that was putting out pre-recorded stuff as live. And it was not that we were trying to game the system, but there were people who were like, oh, you're game the system. Where's the people that are live and all that kind of stuff? Well, this is different in the sense that this is pre-recorded content, but everybody's there anxiously waiting to watch it, kind of like watching a movie together. Again, it's that same analogy, yeah. but it's like it's a premiere event, in other words. You have to get it in your head that this is like how you would showcase something that's brand new that nobody's seen before. It's not – creating a playlist of Facebook videos and then everybody sitting there and watching them and pretending it's live. Do you see what I'm saying? So for mm-hmm. example, yeah. and I don't think this is spoiling anything, uh, Mike Stelzer and I were talking this morning about season two of the journey and using mm-hmm. this premiere functionality to have it out there on our page as a scheduled Facebook video that people can start to interact with, click to get a reminder for when it's go- about to go live. Everybody can kind of pull up their popcorn, sit down, get ready, and then watch episode one of The Journey together. And the great thing about that is then, one, it's a live video. Two, it's got all the live interaction and boost from the get-go. And then once it's done being live, it's a video post on your page. So this is actually – I think this is actually really cool. But again, be careful with how you use this. You want to actually premiere things, not just, hey, here's a video I shot a couple months ago that from a conference of me interviewing this guy. Come take a look. Let's all – I'll pretend it's live and make you think that you know it's live right now. That's That's the opposite of I think what Facebook wants with this. So anyways, hmm. it's very cool. So- and it's rolling out. It's, it seems to be rolling out now. They said they were debuting it back in April. We're having it. How many months is that now? Three months ish later. And uh, we yeah. at Social Media Examiner have it. A number of other people do have it, they have said. So. Well, so this is so whereas watch party is only for groups, this is very similar to a watch party, but it can actually be shown on pages in very similar in the sense that it has all of the interaction like watch party does. You can't pull up a queue, but you're getting that same interaction on pages. So this is almost like having a watch party. Yeah. Yeah, this is almost like having watch party for your page. So that's kind of why I wanted to include this. It was kind of um, ironic that in the same week that Facebook decided to announce that they were rolling out watch party for all groups, we discovered that we had this feature finally. So there you go. These these kind of go hand in hand. I actually almost think like, what's the point of having watch party? Well, I guess if you had a watch party for a page, you could say, hey, we're going to be live all day watching season one of The Journey, episodes one through 20-something. I forget how many. It was 21 yeah. or 23. Anyway, and then and, – and, you know, if you string those all along in a playlist, they're like seven to nine minutes each. So you could go for two hours-ish. Yeah. And yeah. people would probably sit there and watch through all – especially if they're back to back to back. 
So that's what a watch party would look like. Premiere is a singular video. So that's really the biggest difference. Yeah, it is. It is. You're right. So that is uh, the Facebook video uh, news of the week. So next up, Facebook is uh, Facebook. Sorry, Facebook stories is including the feature to tap to react. Uh, And it's it has to do with stickers. So I have to give credit to two people here first. Um, Number one, Mari Smith. And then number two, Matt Navarra, who tweeted out Mari Smith's image here. So, and what we're looking at here in the um, screenshot is essentially it, it appears that Facebook is testing a new type of sticker that allows others to tap to react to your Facebook stories. And what that means is essentially it's just quick and easy to uh, like. So, for example, Mari's got this great uh, flying over Minneapolis and then she's got a heart. That's there as a sticker. And if you tap the heart, it gives the feedback. So now my concern here is in stories, when you're tapping on the screen, it seems to advance to the next story. So you'd want to be careful where you yeah. put that icon to tap and give to give and get feedback. That's my initial reaction there. So well, with this, um, just so that I can understand better, you add these stickers to your own story and then it kind of encourages people to give that particular reaction. Yeah. Essentially what it is, is there, there's a sticker there that is uh, she's got the word tap with exclamation and an arrow pointed to the uh, heart, big sticker heart emoji there. And she's saying to tap there and by tapping there. Now, what we don't know is the background mechanics of it where it's saying, uh, you know, so it's got to be some sort of touch sensitive sticker where uh, to answer my own earlier concern question, uh, tapping there probably means that it knows smartly that if you're tapping near that, you're not trying to advance the story. You're trying to give that. So but that's that that appears to be how it works. Again, this is in the wild. um, But, you know. Mari Smith. So it's, you know, again, tapping the sticker to react to the story is essentially what that is. So found in the wild oh, by cool. Mari Smith and Matt Navarra. Okay. Next up, uh, we've got some workplace news. Uh, Facebook's um, essentially it's their professional work space uh, software. And Wait. there's some some updates here. Yeah. So Facebook rolled out some new features for Workplace and the two biggest ones are called Workplace Profiles and the People Directory. Now, Workplace Profiles are really cool because you can, it's like having a Facebook page on regular Facebook. But the difference is, is that the administrator of your Facebook Workplace is the one who determines what's going to show up on these profiles. What, like they decide whether you can have your birthday or um, where you live or whatever. So the the administrator has complete control over the fields that you're allowed to fill out on this profile. And you you get things like name, job title, team, phone number, location, department, division, organization, start date. So what they're thinking with this is like if someone has their birthday and a start date, you can, you know, give them praise or whatever for their birthday, wish them a happy birthday for their start date, you know, share in their work anniversary, whatever. So the 
you can kind of get to know your coworkers. I think this would be a lot better with um, or be more useful for those really big organizations that have thousands of employees. And so the second part of this update is the people directory. And the people directory is you you can go through and search for anyone by a number of different fields. You don't have you're not limited to just their name. You can um you know say the location where they are or the department or um any other information that's viewable on the profile. So this is a really great way to say you wanted to collaborate with somebody in your organization, but you didn't really know who with, you could search for people in specific departments with certain roles and think, oh, that would be a great person to do this with. So I think this is really, really very, very cool if you have a lot of people in your organization to help make it a little bit more personal and and to encourage interaction between people in different departments and maybe not have that silo feeling going on like it's so easy to have. Yeah. Where is it? I missed. I saw it. There it is. Okay. So, and this is completely off topic, but I have to say, I never noticed this before. If you look at the profile on the mobile screen here, um, Mm -hmm. you go down and it says, you know, so you can follow the person, you can message the person, you can call the person, but then there's this other thing called org chart and it looks Mm -hmm. like, you know, an org chart and it says org chart. I am so curious. I don't know workplace enough really to know this, but I wonder if tapping that then brings up an org chart inside a workplace to where you can see where that person is located inside of the company org chart. Who do they report to? Whose teams they're a part of and all that. Do you know anything about that? You know a little more than me. You know, I I don't know. This is this is a new feature and I don't know how that works. I, I suspect that when you tap on it, it brings up your department, your division, um, something like that, not a complete organization chart, because somebody would have to input all of that data. Like the administrator would have to input all of the data for thousands of people and who they report to, because you can or or possibly if this is created on the fly based on if you say you're in a particular division, it'll have all the people in that division. And then you're in a particular department within that division. It will create it on the fly based on the information you give in your profile. So um, I'm not sure if it's a dynamic thing or if it has to be created by the administrator. Yeah. But that I mean, it is very cool. That would be that would be a really handy feature. Even yeah. even when a you know company our size, it would still be handy because I don't know who certain people report to. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> I know it's it, it, no matter where you work, unless you're like a company of one or five or so. Even, right. Even then. So, uh, what else am I missing? I, I had to I had to make mention of that. What else was there uh, in the workplace that came out? Um, those were the two biggest things: the okay. the profiles and the people directory. Okay. So I'm sure that there's lots of little, you know, improvements they've made, but those are the big ones that they're talking about that they're pretty excited about. Yeah. Oh, but there is one other bit of a little bit of oh, news yes. here. Yeah. So Workplace for Facebook has acquired Redkicks and Redkicks is an email startup that combines email, messaging, and calendar features into one app. So I'm sure that Facebook is acquiring this company so that they can build out their communications features inside of Workplace. And someone mentioned that, hey, maybe this is so they can compete with Slack. Mm-hmm. So I think they sure already, are- I, yeah, I think Workplace already is the com- a competitor for Slack. I'm just not sure mm-hmm. how, you know, 
how it's, I, I don't know numbers and I don't know like, you know, uh, right. share of marketplace, I guess is the best way to put it. But uh, it's yeah. interesting to see what Facebook's doing here. Yeah, they definitely haven't really reported how many people are using this, how popular it is. If if they had significant numbers, I'm sure they would be talking about them. So it's, I think it's still in its infancy, it's baby days. Yeah. Uh, one more piece of Facebook news. Facebook released their quarter two 2018 earning report and Essentially, they reported that more than 2.5 billion people are using at least one of our apps each month. Now, that's 2.5 billion people using at least one of our apps each month. I I don't know about you, but I use at least one of their apps almost every hour. So, (laughs) and most of us marketers who are watching, listening to this are in that, you know, group. So, uh, one of the things that happened, though, is uh, they didn't see as much growth as the same time last quarter. And also um, in Europe, they lost about a million users. I think that's probably partly due to GDPR requirements for sure. So uh, some other key points of this call uh, is that. Many people are now using at least one of its apps, the two, that 2.5 million number. But aside from that, there's one point, sorry, one billion active users and making an increasing contribution to growth. So, uh, you know, and Messenger, by the way, has 1.3 billion monthly active users, 1.3 billion monthly yeah. active users. And they're still getting well, they're still getting early days in, in terms of like monetize, monetizing monetization. Jeez, uh, in Messenger. So, well, as far as I know, WhatsApp has even more users than Messenger. So, I'm sure if and and a lot of people use WhatsApp in countries where Facebook isn't all that popular because they have bandwidth issues. So, I'm sure that those WhatsApp numbers are really helping to pump up the 2.5 billion number. But it's still an impressive number. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that though. Yeah, WhatsApp's a huge player. So. So that's our Facebook news for the week. Let's move on over into Twitter. And Twitter came out with something. They released something called the Ads Playbook for brands and agencies. And this is interesting, especially because it's official and came out from Twitter itself. Right. So this is basically... Twitter has made a playbook for agencies. They've taken the most frequently asked questions that agencies ask and they've, you know, added that um, all of the questions that they get, you know, like their customer service questions and everything. And they've taken the most important ones, the ones that are um, most frequently asked, obviously, and they've turned it into an answer book of everything that you want to know about how to run Twitter ads. Well, where Twitter's going to fit into an overall client strategy. And this is really interesting because this is the first time that I know of that Twitter's basically giving you, hey, this is how you can make ads work. Because Twitter ads, I have not personally found them as effective as Facebook ads, and they can be a little bit confusing. And I think that they're just trying to clear that up and help people be successful or help agencies sell the idea of Twitter ads to their clients. So right. um, I think that, I mean, it's it's a really nice playbook and I'm definitely going to go through it, not because I have an agency, just because I'd like to know more information about how to do Twitter ads well. Yeah. 
Well, and this, I mean, again, as it, you always want to, especially when it comes to how to do ads. Uh, hey, if the official network that you're wanting to do the ads on is going to give you an actual like, here's how to do them best on our platform, you want to listen. Right. So definitely. We've got the link to that uh, in the show notes. Uh, the other piece of Twitter news is Twitter is outlining new developer requirements to protect the platform. So what it is, what it, what they're trying to do is essentially they're they're going with the flow with that whole trying to cut down on people and apps that are spamming with tweets and retweets and so their API is going to be getting throttled access starting September 10th now mm. This is, uh, and by the way, quoting Twitter here, Twitter states that its first responsibility is, quote, to provide a place that supports the health of conversation on Twitter, unquote. So they're trying to prevent essentially misuse of the platform. But here's the thing. I, I wouldn't wait till September 10th. That's still, you know, two-ish months away. I wouldn't wait to check your settings on which applications you've connected to your Twitter account. This is your, you know... I don't know, quarterly or biannual, however you want to put it, uh, reminder that what you need to do is go into your Twitter account. So go into Twitter, go into settings, and then go down to uh, uh, security and privacy, and then into your apps. And then once you click on apps, you've got a list of all the applications that you've granted access to your Twitter account. And you want to go through these and you want to double check them because there is probably stuff in there that you're like, what is that? I don't even know what that is. Right. Why is that connected to my Twitter account? You don't want some app out there that has the ability to tweet on your behalf tweeting for you when Twitter is cracking down and changing API stuff to make it a more human and less bot like network. So there you go. Well, they, you know, they said they are specifically putting rate limits on, they, it's called post endpoints, but it's basically how often you can tweet, retweet, send direct messages, follows, likes. And so all of those apps out there are sites that are essentially letting you automate just multiple tweets, one after the other one, that's going to be stopped. Yeah. So this is going to be really interesting to see how this affects some of the big players out there, yeah. like Manage Flitter and others. Yeah, we, we saw it. I mean, we saw it a couple months ago with the whole don't duplicate your content across a number of different Twitter apps and where you couldn't just say, okay, I'm writing one tweet and I'm going to copy and paste it into every single account I have on or check boxes inside of those. Yeah. All the major players um, you know, made that change according to what Twitter's regulation was. This is just taking it further down the line. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I, especially the follow, the follow part where you have to limit the number of people you follow in a certain amount of time. Well, and that's I a like good thing because well, some people spam that. Of. They're like, I want to follow a whole bunch of people and then hope they follow me back. Well, I'll be honest. Anyway. I if I if I have an account that I really I really like their content and I like the people that are interacting with it, I'll go through and well, I probably won't follow every single person, but I will go through and and cherry pick people that sure. I want to follow sure. out of there. And but, I it happens pretty rapidly, but not thousands like some no, apps no. you do. Yeah, right? no. so <laughs> no. that's true. Yeah, yeah. I'm forgetting that just how big the problem is. 
Yeah. And Jocelyn has a question. She says, what about reposting the same content with a couple within a couple of weeks uh, in between on Twitter? And I think that that's okay. I think what you yeah. want to always do, though, is don't ever tweet the exact same content the same exact way ever. I would just make that a new rule at this point. Like, just make sure you changed it up enough in every single instance where you're tweeting something out because – Again, the algorithm is going to stop you. I mean, if you're putting out constant yeah. tweets to content, like anyway, I won't go there. So, yeah, uh, switching right. over, switching over from Twitter to our next network in line yeah. uh, is LinkedIn. We had a lot of LinkedIn news last week. If you missed that show, go back and watch or listen to it. What's the update this week? This is pretty neat. So, well, caveat, <laughs> it might not be so neat. <laughs> it may True. not be so neat. I think that it's really neat. Um, so now um, LinkedIn has added the ability to record and send voice messages up to one minute in LinkedIn messages on mobile. So basically you have your mobile LinkedIn mobile app open, iOS and Android. And to record a message, you just click the microphone icon and hold it while speaking and then you've got a message and you can send it to whoever you're going to send it to and they can listen to it either on desktop or on mobile so you can only send it from mobile but you, but recipients can listen to it on either place and this is great for people like me who hate to type <laughs> so i would love to be able to just you know quickly give a reply back to somebody without typing at all but i can also see where uh this might get ugly. Yeah. Well, you reminded me as you were describing this that I actually had somebody a couple days ago uh, that I know in person and they messaged me on LinkedIn. How rare is that? And yeah. they they had a question for me and I want to answer them. But I kept thinking, man, how do I answer this? And I thought, wait a second. Now, uh, with this new option, I can open that up. Right. And in fact, when the show's done, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get my phone out. I'm going to go into LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I'm going to go to that message. And then I'm going to press and hold this microphone button. And I'm going to record the answer. I'll just say, hey, this is, you know, this is the thing. This is why. And, you know, and then they'll get it versus me having to sit there and mm -hmm. be like, how do I type this to make sure they understand? And I think right. that just having the... Again, LinkedIn is the professional social network, but it also really still needs the per to, to be personable. And I think that's mm -hmm. what this option does, this having this right. voice option. So pretty cool. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I, I think that it would be pretty it's going to be neat to use. So yeah. now I just wish that I'd get more people asking me questions and not so many people spamming me. But <laughs> ah, what can you do? Uh, I think it's them. getting better. You can delete them. Well. Yeah, well, that is actually what I do. Or, or Mark, but, I don't know this person. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know you. Yeah. So, so uh, we actually have Instagram news too. Yes. Just a little bit of Instagram news, but um, Instagram has added a new feature where you can see when your friends are online. Now, it's a couple of different places you can see this. If you are, say you're sharing a post to someone and you your friends list pops up for that post, you're going to see a little green circle on their profile if they're online right then. And the same with when you are in direct messages, you also will see that little green circle. So they said they didn't name all of the places you'll be able to see this functionality. They said just various spots across Instagram. But I think it's really cool because now if you see someone's on online or I know at least I will feel 
um, encouraged to message them or make a comment on their story or whatever, if I know they're actually online and going to see it. So um, in case you're worried about that and you don't want anyone to know when you're online, like your boss, you can actually turn that off. You can turn off your own status and you can turn off the ability to see when your friends are active in your settings. So there's a little settings option. Just click. Perfect. It looks just like uh, inside of Facebook Messenger where you've got that it little does. green dot. So yeah, people should be uh, it should be really easy to, to, to say like, oh, I get this as far as user right. interface goes. So pretty much doesn't need an explanation. Yeah, no, no. So very cool. A, a minor update from Instagram who lately has been rolling them out weekly. So yeah, next up YouTube. So. YouTube is testing an explore feature on iOS. Usually that means they'll roll it out eventually everywhere, but uh, they're testing a new explore feature. What this means is that inside of the iOS app, they're expanding the video recommendations and with topics and channels that a user probably wouldn't ordinarily see. So they're doing this over the next few weeks and essentially only about 1% of YouTube's iOS app viewers are going to be seeing this test. But instead of seeing a, uh, a popular or, uh, you know, what's trending kind of a tab, you'll see an explore tab. And when you go in there, it's going to give you a variety of things that it thinks you will like based on your watch history and the accounts that you're following and all of that good old usage data that they have on you. So, yeah. This, though, is actually pretty cool for when it comes to discoverability for uh, a lot of different people when it comes to, you know, you, you want to get your stuff seen. You know, that's what what you, YouTube's all about is, is getting your stuff seen when you're a marketer. So if you can put out great content there and then consumers have the ability to tap explore and your stuff is similar to somebody else's, then, I mean, again, that's kind of how discoverability works. It's what happens with podcasts, with word of mouth, as well as, you know, people who downloaded this also downloaded kind of stuff. And that's, that's what will right. be at play here. So pretty interesting. You know what I think, what I think is really cool about it is they have a little, one of the little tabs there, circles is originals. I don't know what programming on YouTube is original programming, and I would really love to know. So I think that that's really neat that you can go and um, check it out. I know one of them is the Karate Kid uh, like reboot or whatever it's called. It's called Cobra Kai or something like that. It's it's oh, like, okay. it, it's, it's, it's Daniel LaRusso and I forget the name of the guy who's the head of the Cobra Kai uh, anyway, the the blonde haired kid from the old Karate Kid movies. Anyway, oh, I haven't wow. watched it. I do have YouTube Red. Ricky Schroeder or YouTube? Pre no, 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 <laughs> that'd be different. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, but that you you know, so YouTube, YouTube Explorer. But that's not the old only YouTube news we have. We've also got some VR stuff, which I know you're the VR person of this team. So explain <laughs> to me what YouTube is doing with their VR app. Well, it's kind of interesting what they're doing because in a way they're doing the same thing that Facebook is doing there. Well, first of all, YouTube has released a VR app for the Samsung Gear VR. So all of us Oculus users, Oculus Go users are out of luck right now. So this is only for the Gear VR, but it's exper it's expanding its virtual reality app and starting next week. And this coolest feature about this is you're going to be able to go into watch one of these um, VR YouTube VR videos and then you can click a little button that says watch together and then your avatar goes in there and you're with 
other people and you can comment on it and interact with the people as well as enjoy the VR experience. So, and I did not know this, but YouTube already has over 800,000 virtual reality experiences. Whoa. And that's, I mean, that's huge. I had no idea. So if you have a Gear VR or the Daydream View, you can now go and watch watch VR content with other people in a watch party kind of way. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's almost like a VR watch party. Yeah, it is. It is. And and this is really neat because if you if you use VR much, you quickly become frustrated that you can't watch content that your own content or content of your choosing with another person, which seems like kind of counterintuitive. You'd think that if you're going to have all of this social stuff in Facebook and with Oculus, that you'd be able to say, pick a, a, a video like, Oh, I want to watch Facebook's the journey. I want to watch the journey with someone and we can sit there and, you know, talk about it and you can't do that yet. So YouTube is actually taking one step closer to being able to do that. Very cool. Next up. So Snapchat, Snapchat is launching Snapchat storytellers. Makes me think of VH1 storytellers. Uh, (laughs) Snaps, Snap Inc.'s new Snapchat storytellers is a pilot program that's going to connect businesses and brands to the app's five most popular content makers and influencers, including, gosh, I don't know how to say this, M. Platko. Cyrene Q. And then the one I do know is Sean Duras, who's been a speaker at Social Media Marketing World. I love him. I've actually watched a bunch of his yeah. stuff. He's really cool. So it is. They're going to star in ads for stories and discover or provide creative direction for brands. So this is this is interesting. Uh, again, this is going to probably be one of those top tier like, hey, shell out the money kind of things if you're going right. to be connecting with these people. But uh, it's a smart move for them, I think, for them to start connecting uh, brands with some of the people that they've self-recognized are their stars on their own platform. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. It is. But that's not the only Snapchat news we have. <laughs> <laughs> and there's more. So this one is a little bit more complicated. It's Snapchat is opening a private ads marketplace on select discover channels. And what that means is that Snapchat is, well, first of all, Snapchat introduced last year, they introduced a six second non-skippable ad format that people call commercials. And it was launched last year in the US. But the problem with that is if you wanted to buy an ad, you had to, first of all, you had to buy it directly from Snapchat. And it was just inserted wherever you could you know, you pick your targeting, but you you couldn't say where you wanted that ad to show up. So now what they're doing, Snapchat's developed a private marketplace for advertisers. And basically it's a place for advertisers and publishers to come together and sell commercials directly to the advertisers. Brands can sell commercials directly to the advertisers. So for instance, um, some of the advertisers are going to be Hearst, which is, you know, huge, all the magazines and all the media, um, Vice, BuzzFeed, NBC Universal, ESPN, blah, blah, blah. Now what those, what these companies can do is they can buy those non-skippable six-second commercial ads and say, hey, I want this to show up um, on 
a particular show, a particular show that they've decided their demographic watches better or watches more. So it's it's a little more complicated than and this is only for the big players. But it would be nice if if Snapchat slowly rolled out this type of picking and choosing to regular advertisers. So we could like, you know, we could be sure of who our content is showing up in front of for a commercial. And and also just um it would just be a great way to expand their advertising offerings to the little guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds interesting. Again, it's one of those things where the big guys get the stuff, the little, the little guys, which a lot of us fall into. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. As big as we are, we're still very small. So, yeah. Compared to them. Yeah. Our last piece of news is also Snapchat and they are killing Snap Cash. Bye bye, Snap Cash. So Snap Cash was... Uh, something that they really didn't do a whole lot with. It was a peer-to-peer payment service inside of Snapchat. And essentially, they're not going to keep it around. They're discontinuing it at the end of August. So if you've got Snapcash in there, I think that's how that works. If you have Snapcash inside of Snapcash or somehow it's in there, you know, you may want to uh, push that out or hey, give it to a friend. Hey, send it to me. I don't know. I don't know how that's that, that <laughs> But uh, we accept Snapcash as tips for this show. Um, but they're saying, you know, they're going to use – I mean, you, you'll be able to still send money and things like that with uh, with PayPal and Venmo. Venmo is owned by PayPal, by the way. So, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's the end there. They basically uh, are saying use other methods to pay your friends via Snapchat. That – is our show, and that is the news for the week. So, like usual, if you have any questions about anything we've talked about in this episode, you'll find the show notes and all the details, the links, the notes, everything in today's episode in our social media marketing talk show recap that publishes every Saturday at Social Media Examiner. So every Saturday, just go to socialmediaexaminer.com. Thank you to Jeff C. for handling the simulcasts. Thank you to Grace Duffy, our show producer. Thank you, Kim, for being my co-host. And my pleasure. Get this show on your calendar. If you're not here with us live, you're missing out. Uh, we understand you can't always make it, but we would love you to try. So go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. That is where you get the updated calendar of when we will have our shows, as well as the ability to add it to your own calendar. You can have social media marketing talk show right there on your calendar every single time and not have to hunt and pack of now. Where do I go to like watch live? It's all right there. But also you can subscribe as the audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Every episode comes out every Monday and our next episode will be next week, Friday, August 3rd, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. And with that, we say thank you for joining us and we'll see you next episode. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.